All right. Well, welcome to another episode of Creating Connections with your host, Mad Mags. Today, I've got Betsy on here with me um, from Castrop. Hello, Betsy. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, I guess. Ending the week on a good note. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. It is Friday. I, I dropped these on like Tuesdays, though, so I just wanted to put it out there. Today's a Friday. We're recording on a Friday. Um, Thank you so much for being a part of my What Did You Want to Be When You Grow Up series. Um, we usually just, you know, start from the moment where you first recall what you decided you wanted to be. Hmm. That's the thing. So I was pondering about that because I have heard your podcast. Yeah. Um, and I was such an oddball as a kid that I didn't have that, like, you know tunnel vision of like this is what I'm going to be yeah I, I wanted to be everything you know okay so I think like it was also you know being a girl I was more like a tomboy more of like adventure game let me get dirty kind yeah. of thing uh and I grew up with my brother so then it's like it was more about like if if anything I wanted to be able to be maybe a fireman and okay. speak to animals which okay. made no sense where do you think uh where do you think those two came from um, I had a lot of animals. Okay. Uh, I have a, a brother who's two years older than me, so I was very close to him, and uh, I learned a lot of things, obviously, with being around him, um, yeah. but I think that was more of a, like, you know, don't be scared. You're not just a girl. You know, you can do literally anything. Oh, that's awesome that he was, like, empowering you to, to do that already. Are we more of, like, challenge. Like, yeah. he challenged me to be outside of my childhood. So. Are we talking about Ruben? Yeah, yeah. I think only two years older than you. Yes, he's oh, two okay. years older. Is it just you guys? No, we have a younger brother, and he is five years younger than me. Okay, okay. I didn't know. I was just curious. Um, but awesome. Okay, so so a firefighter and just like something to do with animals. <laughs> So like Dr. Doolittle type stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So obviously that was probably like when you were super young and you probably weren't gonna like pursue that in high school but like mm -hmm. okay so usually the next step when someone gets asked that question is like okay you're gonna go off to college right like what is that for you um so so what did you pick for post high school did you end up going to college and what did you pick as a degree uh yeah so I actually went to school for like in the realm of like uh nursing and medical interpreting and I ended up completing a medical uh, interpreting program that was super awesome uh, I explore more into my, my Spanish roots and I learned Italian too along the way, which was great. It got me interested in like sign language, but then I had a car accident uh, when I completed my program basically. And um, I had to basically not continue doing the nursing program because I couldn't walk for like a full year. So then oh, wow. that was like a pause of like, we rethink this. Yeah. I did get to try things out, but it was just like, you know, it was more about like the knowledge for me rather than the actually doing it as a full time. Nursing? And interpreting. Yeah. Interpreting. Okay. Okay. So medical interpreting, was that just like being able to translate or? No. So interpreting is different than translation. So translation is, is considered when you're translating a, a written, like a document right. into a different language. And then interpreting, it was like, you know, being in the office of the of a consultation, right, to the doctor, and you're there as a third party that basically you're like a parrot. You're mimicking the same emotion and message of everything that is being said from both parties. 
as the middle person. So it's kind of weird, right? Like you gotta be quick. You gotta, your brain has to react to the two, you know, languages, the switch, the body language. So it was really cool, interesting. Yeah, so is that why you learned Italian? Uh, that's what got me to pursue Italian. Yeah, and it was basically because uh, uh, I came across Duolingo, the app. So it's fun, right? In a fun way of how to like learn a new language, you know, on your own time. But literally because as I was interpreting, I came across someone that knew Italian and they so happened to do, you know, something in Italian for a, a you know, a guest. And it intrigued me because it sounded a lot like Spanish. I was like, did I understand that right? And yeah, yeah I was very close. <laughs> so it got me, you know, to get deeper into that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's something I actually didn't know existed. Um, and, and so I'm assuming it's specifically for the medical field because then you're learning like specific terms, procedures. Right. Like medical terminology is huge. So you got to learn the terms in like Latin root and understand yeah. it so you can know what they're talking about. So, I mean, you had your accident, but you sound like you enjoyed the the course and, like, the time there. So, what made you not go, because you didn't go back into it, right? No, so I did not. I kept in touch with, like, my professor. I found a few, like, you know, part-time things that I tried out and did to pursue that, but it just wasn't there. Like, I had, through that experience of the accident, like, mind you, I was only 18, like, what is it to be 18 with no self-esteem because you're literally broken, you know? It was such a traumatic experience at such a young age that it made me rethink, you know, like, oh, I only have right now, like, I literally could have died then, and all of that would have been done with. So, like, why am I confined myself to a corner of, like, this is all that I am, mm. you know? So, I wanted to try anything, like, just basically, like, live up. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. That, that I'm sure that kind of moment would inspire anyone to kind of uh, live life to the fullest because, yeah, your life could literally just go away in a second. I had a trip, not, not that, it, it was pretty bad. I mean, if you talk to my stepdad, I had a car crash uh, three years ago, 2017, November. Um, and for him, when he talks about it, he tears up because he's like, I think I could have lost you. And for me, I'm like, it was scary, but um, maybe I don't realize how scary it actually was. Uh, but for sure... For a couple, like a year or so afterwards, I was always thinking of like, wow, I could have died or like, wow, it could have been completely right. by now. So it, it is crazy to think about that um, and to be put into that perspective. Um, yeah. so, so now that you're like thinking, okay, I don't want to put myself into this little corner, this little box, what kind of interest did you have and what did you pursue? So I ended up actually uh, through the period of not being able to walk from that accident, Again, like I had no recollection of this accident. I had no, I, I was starting from nothing, basically, like redoing all of my efforts into like growing up out of my shell out of high school. And uh, I got really deep into reading, right? So I read a shit ton of books, uh, excuse me, but I got deep into like, let me, I want all the knowledge, I want all the answers, I want all this, right? So then when I was able to like uh, go through therapy, get out, do things normal again. I started volunteering at a school in the after school program because I, I genuinely, that's what I needed. I needed something genuine that wasn't forceful, that wasn't pitiful, but instead it was like moving me along, you know? So I started volunteering with a cane, basically still broken. And the kids brought so much joy because I did not have a obviously I, I had a younger sibling, but like he was still in his own little kid world. So we didn't yeah. have too much interaction. So yeah, that, that was my next thing. I, I started volunteering. 
I did such a good job, I suppose, that, you know, they were like, hey, do you want to get hired? Uh, I got hired. I worked through this after-school program. Uh, like I said, as a volunteer, as a part-time, I became full-time. I worked within there, and I worked in that school for seven years. Oh, wow. I had I got to meet some of those students when they enter high school again. I later on transitioned to working in a high school, yeah. and it was always so rewarding, like being able to know that I, as a kid, I suppose, going through something traumatic made me step out of my shell and grow up in a sense of like, just be realistic. Like, don't be naive. Don't be gullible. Like, you yeah. sell your time here, basically. And I was able to infect a lot of kids with a lot of that, like, spunk to be able to like, hey, do something. Yeah. And uh, Without that the period of my time was huge. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, as a self person. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what were you doing specifically with the kids? What, like, what kind of after-school program was it? Uh, so a lot of the kids, it was a CLC program. So basically, uh, there's a lot of, it's a mingle of kids of like, uh, you know, they're under their, you know, grade average uh, or, you know, knowledge to the grade, but basically, or some are just above, right? And they're just bored. So a lot of these kids in the after school program were kids that obviously didn't go home right away. So they were put through a you know like a sequence of like do your homework now it's rec time now it's like some computer time until you get picked up that to me was so whack right because I remember going to the after school like rec program of uh you know a middle school and it was a lot more engaging into like be active do things like interact with each other and now over here it was just more about like here is extra school until 6 p.m you know so it was huge for me to like, no, sorry, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I think I froze for a second. So the high school program, is that what you're describing versus the middle no, school? No, this is, no, that was the middle school, like elementary school. So I worked with every single grade level from K-5 until eighth grade in okay. the middle school, that elementary that I worked in. And then I transitioned to a second job after that when I left after seven years to work in a high school level where, where I, I worked in the main office and then I also became uh, an advisor for like a group of like 15, 15 year old girls. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it was so different, but everything that I was able to do was literally, uh, I got a lot of freedom within the after school program, for example, where I started, where I was able to, you know, tap in into like allowing or helping a person grow emotionally, if anything, yeah. and understanding a lot more of their environment. So, um, that's a lot of the things that I also did when the after school program, like as yeah. a. I I, uh, I have a similar experience too with working at my college, and like, it, it definitely is really rewarding to to be able to help. And I think it's nice that we're young, um, because they're able to connect with us more, uh, open up to us more, and whatnot. So, um, I, I'm sure that you helped a lot of people grow out of their shells during that time. Um, yeah. So, so what do you, what was next for you then after those seven years? Then I quit. Because I got to work and I was no longer working within the kids. Now I was working at the front, right, with the adults. It was good. It had his. It, it's good. I learned a lot from a lot of people there. I got. I had a super awesome like supervisor then that I was pretty close with too. I got an extremely like, you know, good coworker as well. So I I, I left basically because there was a revamp of the adults that it's like you know, a switch too hard that basically I, I left and then I started working at a high school, but in a high school where I also got to re-meet a lot of those kids that I have seen through the years of working at the middle school. That yeah. was really cool. 
Okay. So, so with those experiences in mind, did you start um, developing like what it was that you wanted your next step to be, what it was that you wanted to feel at that next step? Because it sounds like this experience allowed for you to tune into something deeper than just like, um, you know, a program or money or whatever it was. Um, so just curious as to like what motivates you currently and then what you're chasing for now. Like what, what, what is something that you would describe as like the dream job that you're trying to achieve? Like I said, I don't have that. I'm, I don't, it, maybe that's odd. Maybe that's me. I don't think like that. I don't have brackets like, where I put myself, but I definitely, if I want to say it like in out loud, I have the current dream job. Like I'm able to work closely with someone that I love and I admire. I'm able to like literally make a huge difference with people genuinely when they're ready. And it's amazing. Like I, I get to see a lot of the fruit of like, you know, my efforts and I work hard. I work really hard because like I, I'm a naturally, uh, you know, an empath and I naturally want to help. So it's been really rewarding like where I'm at. So I would say that if I'm living a dream job, I'm probably doing that right now. Right now, that's awesome, that's awesome. Um, and for people listening, I do want to go over Cash Drop um, and, and you telling your experience and how that got started or how you got involved. Because uh, I know that there are some people that probably don't know what that is. But um, if you don't mind explaining that a little bit. In well, what I, I guess if there's anybody listening that knows Ruben uh, or his personal story, then that's a, a big piece of that. Like, you know, he's always been a, a driven person that had just a, like a bulldoze like mindset of like demolish everything let me go after it yeah. and uh yeah so you know we got he got to uh going through his own journey you know and now then he created a, a an app right like the cash Wrap app um everything really went so fast and we became a funded company like by the first year you know uh we're in a really fast space uh growth uh journey which yes. is really exciting, but overall, like the essence of it was really like creating an, uh, an easily accessible tool, right? For everybody when they, you don't, you know, everybody looks for outlets, for answers, for tools, for help, for support, and you don't always find it, right? You have to seek it, you have to earn it, you have to pay for it, whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. uh, growing up, you know, coming from like a Latino family is like, you know, like make, chase the dream, like make it happen. And he was able to basically tune in into that and create Cash Draft, which like has so many free tools right from the free download where like you literally could take an idea into a business, into a profit, you know, in minutes. And it's all driven by the hustle, by like the experience of like, we don't want to dig into anybody's pockets. Instead, like we're after like your, you know, like your success, your, your growth, you know, we evolve as they evolve so it's, it's that's really like the essence of the app right like being able to like provide that freely for everyone yeah it, it's definitely something that has picked up in the last couple of months that i've seen um and it's because it provides that simplicity right and that mm -hmm. those tools that people have been wanting uh for so long and so i think it's amazing what you guys are doing um, so, so a little bit about, you just said that you guys are Latino. Um, so I have been asking people that are on here of Hispanic Latino background. I'm just curious, like, were your parents from here? Were they from a different, like, were they from Mexico or anywhere else? Yeah, they're from a different country for sure. And they're ironic enough, like my parents 
both chemical engineers like and if you were to meet them they're the same thing as me like they're just like a whole chest of a lot of things my dad specifically my dad has been everything from like a screen printing guru to a, a pastor to a like everything like he's yeah. been everything and he still continues to he's he's the like the the i you know those types of people that google everything or like find it all on youtube and learn how to master it within a few youtube videos that's my dad oh, my dad knows everything <laughs> that makes so much sense um are they are they in the states or are they back in mexico yeah no they're yeah we all live here no every, okay. everybody's here okay yeah okay. so in terms but, of um, cause something I've noticed with my journey is like, sometimes my mom, um, and maybe it's not even a culture thing, but maybe it's more of like a time frame thing, but like, she's got trouble, like even opening up apps. And so sometimes I'm like, oh, I have a podcast. And she's like, I don't even know what that is. Um, so have you, have you guys ever had like those experiences with your parents? Like, do they understand like what you guys are building? Um, or is it something that they support without even understanding? No, I think that they definitely understand it. I think more than anything, too, my mom, different than my dad, my dad's more hip, you know, he just like, <laughs> he, he's out there, he knows things. Uh, my mom is, her world is c- cooking, like she loves to cook. She's what? a big cook and like, she's such a nurturing parent. But basically, my mom has that like super strong Latina, you know, essence of so, like, yeah. her accent is thick, her English takes, you know, time sometimes but like she's very you know she's very big into for example like whatsapp right okay. uh, but other than that like my mom will probably take her a little while and it also starts with you know she doesn't have uh she has like a a different type of phone i forget it's like a i, I forget what type of phone is. yeah but yeah but basically that's she's she will have the most questions but she definitely understands like what we're doing is just that she's more Spanish driven than anything. Yeah. Yeah. That that's great that they're able to still understand and, and support and be a part of the, the journey um, with yeah. you. That's always No, awesome. yeah. My dad, my dad actually built a whole like sweatshop to do like screen printing and like advertising and stuff like that in our basement at some oh, point wow. in time. And that was like, it was huge. Cause it's like, who has, you know, my dad just totally revamped everything. We're like, here, have fun with it. Like, let me teach you. Yeah. And because that's one thing that he's like very passionate about, like being creative. And yeah, so definitely support is like not, don't even cut it. Like my parents are like, like tr- they got your back, you know, like, which is so, is really cool. That's awesome. And that makes a lot of sense too with, uh, I'm just picturing your guys' little printing station and everything. Not little, but you know what I mean? Like everything. Yeah, no, literally. Yes. He built so many things from just wood of like repurposed wood. It's like, boom, we have a setup. Yeah. It's like, what? That's funny. My, my dad's the same with wood, but he won't make like, he knows how to make really good, like uh, any kind of mueble, like just a cap mm-hmm. or a shelf of some sort. Like my dad, I think has like a carpenter's license. Um, just <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny. He's calling me right now. Um, but, but I'm yeah. pretty sure our dads will get along. I have a feeling they would. And he was supposed to be. He said that apparently, like at five years old, he ran away and like ran away, as in like. <laughs> and the uncle wanted him to be a pastor. So it's funny that your dad was a pastor. I wonder if it's like a a thing for for uh, Mexico. But what part of Mexico are they from? Something. Uh, well, I had a. Oh, okay. Oh, I think I knew that. I actually think I did know yeah. that. Um, because yeah. I was in Guadalajara last January. 
And um, I think I had told Ruben that when I first started talking to him, but beautiful, beautiful area. Uh, yeah, it is. Big city is nice. Yeah, yeah. So so your journey has included a lot of different transitions. I mean, medical oh, yeah. uh to then being a part of this after school program to now working with your brother in this amazing company. Um, what have you noticed about yourself along the way that you um that you you see yourself continuing to do? Like what's something that you've embraced that I think someone would want to hear if they have, you know, maybe like, maybe they're in a career they want to switch and they don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to be worth it or, or what to do. But like, what, what is something through those changes that you've embraced throughout the, the journey? I think overall, the biggest thing, like I said, like I always bring it back to that, uh, that accident because it was so traumatic. Everything that happened, everything after it, the way it shook me as a person, everybody that knows me is like, when the switch went on after that, like, it went on. Like I did not stop. And, you know, one thing that I've always been is very present for me is that it's important. It's so important and so huge to not get comfortable. Like you have to be able to evolve, you know, like it's huge to be able to evolve, you know, through your transition through life is like, it's important that you don't come, you know, like I said, like you don't put yourself in a box and say like, this is the type of person that I am or like, you know, that you don't let things limit you because you're literally limitless if you really put your mind into it, I would say. Right. But, but sometimes, and I a hundred percent agree with you, but I'm just thinking of people that are probably like, oh, that sounds great for you, but I can't do that. You know? Um, but sometimes that uncomfortableness that, uh, yeah, too, like in switching different fields, I feel like some people get scared because they're like, well, I don't want to start over. Or I don't know enough. Um, right. Something you would say to that. I think that, that to me just like screams like comparison mm-hmm. and that's the root of all evil like you literally yeah. cannot ever compare yourself your journey your life your app you cannot even say oh because i'm hispanic i'm no you can't say because i'm a libra i'm this like you cannot <laughs> you are all that you are because you make it happen so it all starts if, if you are comparing to anything i know there's been cliche lately people saying like me versus me that that's the motto that's the that's the way that someone should be able to live because it's like if you're bettering yourself then there's no issues around you you'll be, you'll be able to attract or to infect good around you you know right. like you are who you surround yourself with but it also starts with you so i feel like people that are not able to get out of their shell is because they're probably comparing from a lot of the outside and not looking inside of like i'm the one that needs to grow i'm the one that needs to do my hair every day you know yeah. no one is gonna you know, it's things like that. So it starts from within. It literally is a self-conversation. I love it. Uh, That's, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Cause, cause I think self-work is something that it's not pretty. So it's something that people don't want to do often. Um, But, but like you said, comparison is, is definitely what's happening there. Cause like, yeah, sure. You don't want to switch cause you don't know anything, but like anything to what, like, who are you comparing? Right. So yeah. Um, and, and I guess like the, the most empowering thing about that though, is that, you know, yourself the best. So like, so you're comp- you know, your competition, you know what I mean? So you can continue to push yourself. You know, that you used to do this and if you do this, you're growing. Um, so mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like you have to figure out what the ally is doing or, you know, snoop around. Or no, but sadly and ironic enough, like social media creates this chaotic, like self-esteem like pressure steam cooker like 
it's yeah. fucked up because people do that to themselves like the algorithm itself will curate your uh explore page to be everything that you creep on lurk at like save like that's a trigger yeah. people trigger themselves on a daily basis and again that's a self-talk you know like that's a that's where you gotta understand and put your own boundaries to your own self like you know there's there's a huge thing that is happening even you know through what we're living where there's so many accessible tools to our advantage but we seem to be using them against our own against ourselves. you know body yeah. plus yes you know comparison all those things incredible how detrimental they are yeah, I, I've been having this conversation a lot lately about just uh, just the fact that like it's so I listened to two things and one of them was saying social media is a tool and then the other one was saying it has a whole algorithm. So as long as there's an algorithm between you and your audience, it's not your audience. And I was like, oh, that's pretty big. But if you combine both of those, it's just right. at it as a tool. That's it. It's not yeah. you. It's not totally. like you are not just that profile. You are not oh, yeah. just you know, whatever you see there, like it's a thing that you can use to your advantage or your detriment. So, so but you curate it in your own way. You know, like I said, I, I work with a now here in cash up, I work with a lot of like cr anything from a creative entrepreneur to a business restaurant with a social media presence, you know, those worlds are so different. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because it literally shows you curate that experience, like a business on a restaurant realm is like, talking to their, they're creating community. They're yeah. talking to the people that they want to attract, you know, like, because it's mutual, it's beneficial for both. But on a, you know, individual perspective, sometimes people are like in it for validation or comparison or just because to kill time. So nothing too good sometimes come from it and everything gets like mixed up because then you get into meeting people you don't know and your worlds just get entwined right. into yeah basically yeah. attracting you're attracting the same thing you're the energy you're putting out um which is which is really big so with all that being said you're responsible for what you put yourself around or what's surrounding yeah, you um, the self-conversations are huge man yeah, yeah. <laughs> reflection right and uh and i always um and i appreciate you talking about that um i i usually like end these with like a little bit of like advice or something that i didn't know mm -hmm. that kind of sounded like advice but uh something that you wish you would have told your younger self um like maybe you were comparing yourself back then or whatever but something you wish that you would have told yourself and that you will tell yourself moving forward mm. i guess if i would have talked if I would have been able to do that, I would have just always remind myself to not doubt myself. Because that's huge. Like I did start, I didn't start being or feeling, you know, like a hurricane until something huge slapped me in the face of like, like literally epiphany, you know, like yeah. take it, get it together and think about it. So that was huge. But I always have knowing myself, I have always been pretty self-aware, very like, uh, you know, calling myself out on my own bullshit. So like that to me has always been huge, but at some, to some extent, I also would question that, you know, like, am I, is this necessary? Can I overlook it? Or like, can I allow, you know, like a lot of things to happen, just being an empath, such a downfall. It's a blessing and a curse, but literally if I want to put it on social, on like zodiac signs, being a Libra is, uh, it's a test at all times, right? At some point, it, the balance between the self and the others is such a, you know, is a balance. So I would yeah. always say like, not, no doubt, like, don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt yourself. That is huge. 
Um, and I'm sure you are doing the work now that will help prepare you to continue to not do that in the future, to not uh, let the self-doubt creep in. Um, so thank you so much, Betsy. Uh, so so that's, that's how I like to wrap these up. And then I do like to say toodles. Um, toodles. So <laughs> yes. Toodles. Toodles. All right, perfect. <laughs> thank you so much, guys, and I'll catch you next time.